welcome to The Golfing Mind, the podcast which looks at the game of golf in general, in all its many variations, and where possible, we look at the mental game of golf. Today, there'll be a bit of both, because the topic for today's uh, podcast is, I think, a, a subject matter which everyone has an opinion on, some more than others, and here to discuss their opinions with me are my regular hosts. First, may I welcome Mike Kershaw. Mike, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Robin. Nice to see you on a sunny Surrey evening. Oh, very nice. And Neil Faulkner, the resident intellectual of the group. Neil, welcome. <laughs> it's a it's a very low bar. Yes, yes. Well, I wasn't I wasn't suggesting otherwise. And so hi, I'm here, a man of great intellect and a man of great power. Mike, as uh, many of the listeners know, was the East Lancashire Under-14 Long Drive Championship, an event that no longer takes place because I think Mike broke the record to such an extent it was felt it should be immortalised. Is that right, Mike, or I just made that up? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually waiting for the plaque to be put up there at Penworth of Golf, the Pleasington Golf Club. So we'll, we'll see if they if actually go through with that, but yes. Um, been enjoying my golf recently. Had it been down in uh, in Travos, and and that was lovely. And played at Woking yesterday. I was just saying that the greens were twelve on the stimp, which is really quite racy for this part of the world. Yeah, but twelve on the stimp, stupid. I think for the amateur golfer to have a stimp at twelve, it takes any. It just makes it a bit of a lottery. And, and as a result, there were. This was a tournament, the Alba Trophy yesterday. As a result, there were lots of three putts, lots of four putts, and a very, very slow pace of play, which obviously is the subject we're talking about today. Which, when it was hot, it didn't actually make it very easy, I have to say. Well, this morning, excuse, and I'm sticking to it. I'll stick with it. This morning, by the way, I played at Sunningdale, where I've just been told that your mate, Justin Rose, has become a member. He has, you're right. At Sunningdale. And, uh, he, and when, when asked about joining, he said, uh, just I'll just pay whatever the fee is. Just let me know the joining fee and everything. And another very well-known professional who I won't name, um, when he inquired about joining, asked if he could waive this the joining fee because he was a bit strapped for cash, which I'm not sure is strictly true. Anyway, slow play, slow play. Um, quick question, Neil. For us, what's the slowest round of golf you've ever found yourself playing? Yeah, can I can I just start by addressing another point, Robin, which is. I think, I, I I think the title of this of this podcast is is what I regard as intellectual property theft, because my chum Hugh and I have been talking about setting up a podcast called Vent My Spleen, and that'll cover things like why you always have to accept cookies every time you go onto any website, and why the computer guy never can speak in English. But the thing that's top of our list in Vent My Spleen is slow play in golf. And I think it's I think it's ruining the game. I couldn't agree more. But I'm just curious. I was living in Los Angeles and there's a course called Rancho Park. It's a public municipal course. And I went there once. And after four and a half hours, I walked off and I was on the seventh tee. After three hours, it took me half an hour per hour. And the guy said, yeah, six, seven-hour rounds aren't uncommon. Um, so the slowest round of golf I ever played was five hours 20, and it was just awful. Can you beat that? Uh, I can't beat that. I, I walked off many a golf course, particularly in the last five years, because it's been so slow. I guess what I would say is that you, 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 you do... You you do resign yourself 
when playing some courses and some places to playing at a particular pace. So whereas a round of foursomes might uh, take you two and a half hours, you can actually play on a on a on some of the longer, more difficult courses. You can find that if you resign yourself to playing a a, a four ball at four hours, then it it's not quite as aggravating. But still, I think that's Absolutely. far too long for a round of golf. No, but I again, okay. So I think that is that is the the key thing here. Is is I think it it why does it get why is it so annoying to us? And part of the reason is you go into it thinking we should be taking three hours. That's a perfectly legitimate time frame for a round of golf. And then it doesn't. But if you go there thinking it's going to take four hours or four and a half today, it's a long course. We're playing four ball. You know, we know we're going to be behind some, dare I say, uh, Japanese visitors, whatever it might be, and saying, we know this is going to be slow. So what we can't have is we don't let that get to us. And this is the whole thing about, you know, we talk about the mental game. The key is not to let it get to you when you do it. We all have to have rounds of golf that take four or five hours. Yesterday, as I was just saying, it was slow. But did it, did, the key was not to let it bother us too much. And there are things you can do as a player, I think, kind of mentally to kind of, to to kind of allow you to deal with it so it doesn't get you cross and it doesn't affect the way you play. And that that's that's one of the things I think you've got to kind of address. Well, I'd love to say I agree with you, but I can't. If you look at the professional tour, there's this American player, Patrick Cantley, who's meant to be paint-dryingly slow. And therefore, if John Ram's playing with him, and John Ram's are really fast. So every player's got a rhythm, a pace, a cadence that they play at. My, my objection is that... Um, Someone, when I started playing golf in Scotland many years ago, someone said, I, son, do you know the two rules of golf? I said, uh, he said, a good game's a fast game, and a fast game's a good game. And that was it. And when I played in Scotland, I played uh, Lough Ness, for example, and a four ball, you can take three hours 20. You more or less play ready golf because everyone wants to get around quickly. And I was two weeks ago in St. Andrews. I was talking to somebody about slow play, and they said, well, it's the caddy's fault. And the guy told me, he said, you can have two empty holes and the Rangers do nothing about it. The stewards do nothing about it. And he said that the caddy should have the, the scorecard stamped when they start. And they've got to get the guys around in four hours or four hours. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I, I've been on, I was on Dunbarney a few yeah, last year. New course, very popular with visitors, very popular for high handicaps. I mean, you can't, you can't expect high handicap golfers, Rob, to go around golf courses quickly. A, because they're, they're hitting more shots than you are or we are. Well, probably not probably not so much you, but certainly me and Neil. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I beg your and, pardon. Uh, and, and B, they probably aren't schooled in the etiquette of, of playing quicker. So, you know, one of the most irritating things we see is people who leave their bag, don't know where to leave their bag when they approach a green. You know, they leave it the other side from where the tee is. So... All of that adds up to a dish. It's just because they ha aren't kind of taught how to play quickly, and you can play four ball quickly. It's not it's not difficult to play four ball quickly. You just have to play ready golf. You search your own ball. You put, you know as soon as you're out of the hole, you pick up. Off we go. Not difficult, but a lot of people some, don't do that. Yeah, but some people don't want to do that, and that's I think a problem. Having said that, I think you pick your company. I now play with golf. I only play golf with people I like. And people who are good fun on the golf course, which is why I don't play with you guys anymore. 
And uh, no, for the listeners, I was joking, of course, any chance I get. So let's just go back a bit. Do you think referees... That all works, though. That, that works, Robin, if you've got an open golf course, doesn't it? If you've got four people in front of you who don't abide by the etiquette of the game and letting you through and are very slow, no matter who you play with, you're going to get yeah. irritated, frustrated. At least, people, at least if you're with people you like, you're going to get more, more less to be irritated about. Do you think in the professional tour that the referees need to start finding people? Mike? Uh, well, again, you, you're, you, you focus, it's easy to focus on the professional game. The professional game, I think, is different. You know, it's uh, but it has an impact because people watch the professionals um, and they think oh, this is the way you play and everyone lines it up and everyone marks their ball and everyone has five practice swings and, you know, uses the the, the, the range finder and da-da-da and that makes it slow because they're watching pros do this. I think, per se, you know, this is, these are professional athletes playing for millions of dollars. I don't particularly have an issue with them playing slowly. I think, the, you know, that's just the way they they need to do that in order to get the best out of themselves and that's their their careers. Amateur golfers, however, notwithstanding the fact that they, they watch pros, you know, they should understand they don't need to do all this nonsense. They don't, you know, range finding was meant to speed up the game so the people weren't worrying about how far it was. Range finding is in a way slowing up the game because it take you know get out your bag and dinner and then and then what you know twenty eight handicapper who cares whether it's I, I was playing one hundred and forty five yards they can't hit it at the, the right distance anyway most I was of playing time. I was playing recently in a in a game and there was a fellow there of twenty had a range finder and from forty seven yards out he was looking at the distance of fly going it's forty seven. Yeah, like as and I'm thinking, <laughs> buddy, if you could hit a forty-seven yard wedge shot, you'd be on the tour. You know, what do you do? What, I mean, how fun. famously Lee Trevino, who was a great, a great speed golfer, or he loved playing fit quickly, famously uh, moaned about slow play even back in 70, 1973, wrote an article about it. And 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 he was talking about actually it was about marking a ball, lining up, and all the rest of it. And uh yeah, and and he, you know, he he was playing with somebody who was taking forever, and and in the end, he just said, "I don't know why you're bothering with all this stuff. You haven't held a putt longer than your own moustache the whole way round." <laughs> <laughs> so, it, you know, but that's that was one of the things. You just like we're getting, we're getting thinking that lining up putts forever and looking at it from both sides, or you know, golf should be able to be played relatively quickly. Uh, and you know we're not all professionals. We should do this, and and it is a very very frustrating thing for those of us who like to play quickly, and it it kind of ruins it, doesn't it? Okay, Neil. What's this your... is a this is a this is a tangential point, but you remember seeing Kepka in the PGA lining up and marking one foot putts at taking a considerable time to do so, which I was quite curious about because he's regarded as quite a quick player. Yeah. Supposedly, yeah. supposedly he was doing that because he just wanted an open tee on the next tee. So he thought to himself, listen, if I dawdle away around my one footer for a little while, I can wander straight onto the next tee and hit it rather than stand there on the next tee and imagine to myself what might might go uh, yeah. wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, again, that's what I'm saying earlier about understanding the pace i mean I, when i know i'm going to have a slow round i deliberately walk slowly i don't want to race to the ball and then hang around waiting yeah. I, I, think the point, I, 
I've, I've been playing in slow rounds and you're counting the holes down. You just won off the course. I'm going to, I just, I had a thought the other day and tell me what you think of this thought. Now the word genius might form on your lips involuntarily. You might slap your foreheads and just start crying at how genius the idea is. But I looked at a lot of different sports where the referee has a lot of authority to sin bin somebody, to send somebody off. Um, That's a genius point. Genius. Wait, genius. Do you, sorry, think, sorry. do you think in golf there could ever be a scenario or a situation where a player is actually sent off effectively or withdrawn from a tournament because they're so slow? No. Not professionally. Maybe. No. No. You can't. No. I mean, Langer famously was very slow. There are there are Cantley right now is very slow. It's not Cantley was playing with Victor Hovland if you remember in the Masters. Hovland I think was walking up, you know, fifty yards ahead of him to try and play at his own pace. You can't penalise Victor Hovland for Pat, Patrick Cantley. So I, I can't I can't see how you can how and then leaving him on his own then makes additional issues if you just ditch one of the guys. I, I think that's highly unlikely. I think what you've got to do is just say that the professional game is a professional game. Leave it alone. That doesn't, it doesn't, it's not relevant to the amateurs. The amateurs should be playing quicker and there are ways you can play quicker. You know, and frankly, there's, I mean, there are other things that you can, you can, um, you can consider in the game at its almost macro level. You know, why are we, why, why do we have slow play? One of the reasons is the courses are too long. They're too okay. hard for most players. Okay. And look at shorter courses that take less time. Neil, do you think do you think you could ever send somebody off? Would there ever be a situation where that would be justifiable, do you think? For slow play? I think well, I, I I think some kind of penalty is certainly justifiable. And I don't I don't I don't think I agree with Mike in saying you can you can draw a clear distinction between the amateur and professional game here because all the kids watch the professionals play. The kids worship the professionals. They have heroes among the professional ranks, and they will do inevitably what their what their heroes do. And if and and so if you if 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 you see Cantley doing something, and Cantley is your particular hero, you will try to emulate him. And the great but... irony here, and it's a it's a it's a sadness that we don't have anyone extraordinarily well versed in the mental side of the game here on this call. But the great irony is that it is it is it is proven that the more you think about a shot, the more you think about executing what you're going to do, the more likely negative thoughts are going to prevail. Well, I, if you want to it's that, you're better off hitting it quickly because well, you think there's the green, I'll hit it towards the green, off you go, rather than standing there and cogitating about the bunker here and the air density or whatever you're Bryson DeChambeau fans are thinking and 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 thereby assuming all sorts of negative. Well, I like to agree more with you, and I think a good example of what you've just said is how often if you, you had a tee shot, you blocked it way out of bounds left or into the lake right, and then you have to play a provisional ball and you tee it up quickly and you spank it down the middle and say to yourself, "Why couldn't I've done that first time?" So I think there's a very good argument for playing much faster. I'm a great believer in trusting your first read, not overthinking the distance. But So before we wrap up this week... Well, no, I'm just going to say, can I just say, say you've got to remember that between the pros and the and the kids learning the game are coaches. By like, there are coaches, they're going and getting taught the game. 
And the trouble is, the coach is then learning from seeing from the pros on tour and saying it's a you know you've got to have your routine, you've got to do this and do it exactly the same way every time, and that routine often is a time-consuming routine. The coaches need to teach the young kids how to play quicker. That's the reality. That's what's got to happen to make a difference. And they're not doing that at the moment because everyone seems, most people who are not our generation, I think the trouble is most of them are pretty relaxed about it. They actually don't care if it's four, four and a half hours. It's our generation who really hate it because we are used to playing quickly. If you're 30, 35 now, You've grown up with four or five hour rounds. You're not saying three hours isn't normal. In fact, sometimes you play with young people and they go, I've never played a court around this quickly. Like, but they've just never done it because they played four ball. They've always marked their cards and so on. So it is a problem. There's no good question. I was just going to quickly before you wrap that, I was just going to say I talked about Lee Trevino. I had a look at his article. This is in 1973. So this is not a new debate, right? This is the Trevino. In a, in a Golf Monthly article, or Golf World article in 1973, said 10 things you can do to speed up play. One, have shorter courses. Fair enough. Two, fewer bunkers. The bunkers are what they often slow people down because you have to rake them and all the rest of it. So we don't need loads of bunkers. We can design courses. I'd vote for that right ranges. Ready golf. He was talking about ready golf in 1973. He said, forget the honour. Yeah. Right? Forget it. Just get on and play. Leave clubs near your next tee. Uh, look up for your own ball. <laughs> Fewer practice swings. You don't need to swing so many times. In fact, it'll, as you just said, Robin, it, it, fewer, um, don't bother marking the ball every time. Most likely doesn't need to. Two waggles and you're and you're away. And uh, and 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 don't read. Don't overread greens. Don't spend too much. Again, trust your instincts. So, uh, oh, and his final one was par three playthroughs, which no one really talks about at the moment. But actually, to speed just speed up, it should be a standard thing that you you let you pull people through to play up on a part three, and then we because most blocks on whole, on courses, as we know, are a part three T. So the long jams. Neil, anything to add to that? Bigger holes. If you if, if for example playing yesterday, you had a hole which is a foot in diameter rather than four and a half inches, then you get around more quickly. I think would it be any less fun for an amateur for somebody starting the game? Not, you know, not much less fun. No, I I totally agree with you. And I think the challenge is I can't see any way that this can be implemented. I think that's a great tragedy to slow golf. And that's why, you know, when you play in, I mean, I tell you the worst golf I've ever played in my life is if I've ever been in a situation, I'm speaking at a conference and they're having a golf day prior to by speaking in the evening. They've occasionally said, oh, Robin, would you like to play in the uh, in the tournament we're having? And once, once I said, yeah, sure, that'll be fun. And I was out on the last four ball with 336 handicappers and rental clubs. And it was five hours and 15 minutes of pulling teeth. I mean, I was thinking, could I fake an injury to get off the course? It was just, just shocking. But I do think it needs to be addressed. I really do think it needs to be addressed. I just think... It is. It's. It's. It's really spoiling it for a lot of people. I think. One more point there. In the, in the context of the mental game, that one of the reasons it's it's painful is it it does it gets in your head, as Neil said earlier. So again, I I would be thinking. I try just think about what I can control. So there's no there's no nothing to benefit from getting cross about it when you're on the course. So don't look at don't just don't look in front and watch people being slow. 
don't listen to moans the whole time, which you get with, with your partners and everyone moan, we all moan, but try and take that away from it. And then spend the time whilst you're waiting, looking at your shots or doing something practical, beneficial to you. So use the time to your advantage, you know, clean your grooves, get, you know, make sure your grips are okay, sort your bag out. So you've actually got something that's not thinking about the shot. So I think just mentally, you've got to deal with slow play. We won't fix it, but but you can deal with it and make it a little bit less painful, I think. No, there's a group called called the Speed Golfers Society. Don't know if you've heard about them, but they play golf very, very quickly. They run around the golf course essentially yeah. and 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 also score. And and so the the winner is the person who's who's um minutes on the golf course plus shots are yeah. least when you yeah. aggregate them yeah and it's a bit like that nordic skiing where you have to slow your heart rate down in order to hit the shot then you run after it yeah and i i saw a program for one of these events and it said uh i think it was for about 50 people and it said tee off time nine o'clock prize giving ten thirty. <laughs> <laughs> before we go interestingly in a number of majors in the final round the players had to drop out and um, so players had to go out just with a marker. And both in the Open Championship, and I'm pretty sure to, uh, the, in the Masters, a solo player with a marker has gone round in under two hours. I mean, they set out to go fast. And they, they were they shot. Oh, yeah. And they played well. I would add, add three things, Mike. I think don't worry about things outside your own control. If it's a slow day and a slow course, to get stressed about that, you're going to ruin your day and so I agree with you. Secondly, distract yourself as much as possible from your golf. Talk, stand by the green, have a bar of chocolate or whatever. And the third thing is be just stay present. You know, just don't get into the future and think, oh, this is so frustrating. But I agree, it's uh, something I'd like to see improved, but I'm not sure until the authorities do something about it. And how do you penalise? But just, 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 just bear in mind as well that we're talking about people who've got the time to play golf at, at, at that pace and trying to get not uh, trying to remain remain calm about it there, there are a lot of people who have put off golf because it just takes far too long yeah and that and that's one of the reasons and we may even do a podcast on this the, the growth of the nine hole course the, and the 12 hole course to give you three loops of six and indeed the six hole course there's a whole load of courses being built now that are focusing on that for that very reason, it's taking too long. It's taking people away from their families at weekends. If you can have a good fun 6, 12, 9 or 18 whole um, sort of loops, you can drop in, drop out. And I think that's going to grow and grow and grow for that very reason. Final thought for me is, do you think the live tour format benefits faster play? Uh, I don't know. I, I've no idea how fast they're going around. I mean, it's, it's it's one less round. I mean, overall, yeah, three days, not four days. But I don't know if they're going any quicker or slower. I, I, I wouldn't know. Well, Maybe. Oh, well. Anyway, that's it for this week. Um, next podcast is going to be right up your street, Neil. It's a real um, spleen vent occasion. And we'll, and, uh, <laughs> Another one. It'll be things and things and golf. I haven't even started. I know, Dave, you need to lie down first and take a Valium, but it's going to be things in golf that don't make sense, drive us bonkers, or really need to be examined. And I'll just throw one at you for now. If you look at any golf photograph taken before 1960, you will almost never see a professional wearing a glove. 
And if you look before the 50s, uh, Hagen, Hogan, you know, Bobby Johns, um, all those guys, you don't see a glove. And suddenly everyone has to wear a glove and have it hanging out their back pocket. So, that, so are we turning this into the golf podcast equivalent of one foot in the grave? No, three, no, 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 no. curmudgeonly old blokes moaning about everything. No, we're going to celebrate. How it was always better in the old days. No, no, we're going to celebrate stuff in the new days, things that we love, <laughs> like, like hoodies, you know, things and that we love. our spleen on, oh, God, in the old days, who didn't do it? Anyway, we'll see. But uh, there'll be lots to talk about on that one too, I'm sure. Oh, well, anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. As always, if you'd like to learn more about the mental game of golf, please visit my website, seagergolf.com. There's a link in the um, podcast well not this vocal podcast but on the the host where you got the link uh and that's it from me uh neil thank you for joining us until next week what are you up to this weekend neil he's he's gone away mike what are you up to um heading um uh heading uh, out to play to play a few holes literally in about 20 minutes time and um and then yeah moving on got the got a got a 72 hole match next weekend as well so lots lots of golf to be played whilst the weather is lovely okay well that's it for this week until next week play good golf and enjoy yourself wherever you happen to be all the best bye-bye